Is it not recording? There you go. I said, is you ready? Good morning and welcome to the Hard Luck Show. I'm your certified, qualified West Side host, Steve Lucky. Yes, you are. We are coming at you from the bunker in Southern California this morning. My co-host, my partner, is Chumahan Bowen, American, Indian, Southern Californian, elegant barbarian. Living off the land. Yes, yes. Come on. Stick it to the man. Yes, yes. If you die for your people. Oh, yeah. If you see through the evil, come on. If you a storyteller, yeah. If you listen to your elders, yeah. Yeah. Scalp going on around here. And on sound, old blue eyes himself, Sean Lewis, certified audio professional and engineer. Hard luck show. Listen, I did the. Uh, hey, I know the, the the words of the song. Hey. <laughs> I did my Ancestry.com and I'm 1%. Congo? Yeah, Western Congo. Because I am. Are you? I'm 1%. Right I don't on. know how that shit came up. 1%, Hell yeah. Brother. It came up and in, in, my sister did it. Yeah. So mine would be almost mimicked, right? Right. And we are 1% Congo. Isn't that yeah. Crazy? That's funny you say that. Now, how many percent We're do you brothers, have of Congo? Man. 1%. 1%. Yeah. I, I felt like I need to embrace that, though. Yeah, you embrace morning. that 1% today. Right. We're both embracing our 1%. Right. Feel, feel the rhythm of your people. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Yamurungi. You know what? You know what? Oh, God damn. Some of that tribal music is just, uh, it's amazing. I remember I went to um, a Santana show, right? And do you remember in the 90s, Santana kind of went through like this whole African tribal like Afro, thing, and he was like, like Afro Cuban rhythm, like la- Afro Latino. No, like maybe African Cuban, but he was yeah, more right. like that. Yeah, like and Haitian, Haitian rhythms, kind of, kind of, and the yeah. whole like, like everybody's waiting for Santana to start playing their hits, yeah. and they're not playing any of it. Right, <laughs> they're right. not playing none of that. Right, shit, right. they're just jamming. Right. Everything's jamming. It sounded like that. Right, you know, threw everybody off. But right. I remember being with Jessica, and we're like the. Dude, he had like fucking 50 people that had come in from fucking Congo. You know what right, I'm saying? Right. And they were all on stage playing. It was just amazing, dude. It was amazing. Then they played the hits, but that was like for the last 30 minutes, you right. know, of the of the show. Right. What's up, Chew? 
No, I was just going to say that, like, um, that's one of the things that goes on within um, the Latino community is that because of the slave trade, <clears throat> you know, uh, the Americas had African-Americans or they weren't African-Americans then, but Africans there. So, mm. like, Haiti, right? Right. So, like, Cuba and even, like, Guyana and all these right. places. Sure. They got a, they're a mix, so it's not only the, the the indigenous Indians that were there, plus the Spanish, but it's also the Afro uh, the African African rhythms and the tribalisms that are there, and they built their own communities down there. There were independent cities in South America that were run strictly by like African Indian mixes, and they had their own laws and they had their own shit, and these fucking Spaniards and these fucking Catholics mm-hmm. will try to, you know, fucking fight their way through just mosquito infested, malaria laden airs to try to find this El Dorado. Mm-hmm. Like, and they would run into these strange civilizations in the middle of nowhere that were brand new hybrids based on the slave and the silver wow. stuff that was going on in Europe. And even wow. some really? criminal, yeah, even some criminal, uh, you know, it's kind of like men's central county right there, bro. You know, just a mix. <laughs> At that time, one. like anything could happen to anybody, anywhere. Absolutely. and then, A life's worth $5? I mean, yeah. <clears throat> so you, you, and there's this great, you know, account by this dude named uh, <clears throat> Cabeza de la Vaca. He was a priest, Catholic priest. He was one of the guys that knew what the Spaniards were doing at that time was wrong cutting off hands to get gold and all this shit, right? He was openly critical. Damn. Like he, and if you go back and you look at some engravings that he put in, in his book, and he's a priest, right? So on some level, he's serving the master on one hand. On the other hand, he knows it ain't Christian what's going on over there. Cortez and all those guys. Right. And he's speaking up then. So when you hear people say like, well, back then they were ignorant. They didn't really know it was wrong. They thought they were doing the right thing. That's not true. This dude was speaking on Cortez? Speaking on all of what the all Spain of those was doing. conquistadors? And he was drawing pictures of what they were doing. And when he was drawing the pictures, they were being engraved. So it wasn't just like he sketched it out. It was like they carved it into metal and they stamped that shit. And you would see white Spaniards throwing indigenous babies to their dogs. That's what they were doing. For sure. Not even a question. God damn. Think that about ruthless. Just think about that level of ruthlessness you'd have to feel in order to just do that. Right? And make that Jamie Asuna, the Corcoran killer, look like a normal dude. Right. That's small time. Think about that. Make the Corcoran killer. Yeah, cutting off a head is small time. Think about that. He's not even that bad. Right. Think about that. He's taking apart like he, another prisoner, and and they're in a situation he might be kind of crazy, yeah, right? Right. But these he'd be the saint, right? Right. He would right. be the angel. Everybody brings their problems. They run to he'd him be the protection. He'd be he'd be the soft one. He'd be like, right. "What's the matter with this guy?" He'd be the little one that everybody fucking wraps right. on. Hey, give, right. give me a beer, kid. Right. right. They'd be right. like, yeah, "Hey, guy. wasted eight cute. fucking aprons on this guy. Yeah, I don't know what's wrong with you. We're gonna have to kid. toughen him up." Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> right. right. That's exactly You're cute. Right. Punk. Now go get me a beer. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So, wow, bro. See, man, this is what I love. 
I love hearing fucking my partner break down fucking right. history. A little bro. tidbit for you, dude. Man, we morning. go right now. We can just keep going on this right, right. now. Well, it is kind of related to what our topic right now is, which is Nipsey, uh, Nipsey Hustle. Because Nipsey Hustle, you know, I looked into it. I really looked into it. And the first thing I did, I got to do is give a shout out to uh, the only real autobiography that I've, I've seen out there on him, which is called uh, It's a Marathon or whatever. Mm-hmm. Let me find the exact title for you guys. And this cat went by, back and he researched everything about Nipsey from beginning to end. And I think uh, it's something that you kind of have to do in order to understand why Nipsey Hussle got so much praise. The marathon don't stop. The time, the life and times of Nipsey Hussle by Rob Kenner, forward by Quincy Jones. Nice. Right? Or he gives a little blurb in there. And the thing of it is, is that Nipsey (coughs) Hussle was more than just about hip hop. In fact, that, that, while that was important to him, that wasn't the end game for him. Mm-hmm. Nipsey Hussle represents a guy who was trying to buy back the property between where he was at, uh, you know, with the Hyde Park and all that stuff, all the way to the beach. And he had actually successfully, with uh, a gentleman named David Gross, purchased a lot of buildings in that area. And he had a sit down probably three days before he was killed. So he was killed, I think, on March 31st, I want to say 2019. Mm -hmm. And maybe on March 29th, he had sat down with a gentleman named Firebug. Firebug. Mm. Firebug. Mm. And Firebug was a gentleman that was on the opposite side of the affiliation that Nipsey was from. Mm -hmm. So I believe Nipsey was a rolling 60s crip at one time. He still had... Speculated, right? We don't know this. Well, I don't know. In the the biography and a lot of the articles that I've read, it's pretty clear he was. Okay. And it's pretty clear that Firebug was a blood. And I think that's why it was such a big deal that the game and Nipsey kind of embraced each other. Because Mm -hmm. the game has relationships or some affiliations with Bloods mm-hmm. and Nipsey uh, with the Crips. And they toured around together, and that was kind of seen as a transcending. What, what's up, Sean? I was just going to say, the game has a tattoo of Nipsey now. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Like, he went that far. And so before Nipsey Hustle was killed, like days before, he was down at a place called Puerto Nueva Coffee. Which is like right there in the hood. I mean, I think it might even be like on Slauson or near Slauson and Crenshaw, whatever that is, right? Fairly well-known coffee joint. He was there getting coffee with his daughter Imani. He's also got a son. And a guy came up from behind him and said, you nipsy hustle. And he turned around and it was Firebug. And uh, the idea is, is that, you know, he was kind of caught slipping, right? Because he got... Somebody was able to approach him from behind. But instead of them having a confrontation, they talked about old times. And the old times was that Nipsey went to Men's Central Jail County and he was put in the tank. And by the way, they describe everything in the county jail at the time that Nipsey went pretty much the same way you and Big Lep talk about it. It was just like a free for all, like you Mm -hmm. said, like 
RoboCop, like the cities in RoboCop. Just weird, right? Yeah, yeah, crazy. And at that time, he he was a crip, like for sure, fully in it. Mm-hmm. He was there. Firebug had the authority and the 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 bloods or whatever the affiliation was there had outnumbered them greatly, outnumbered the Crips. Mm-hmm. And they almost got jumped and Firebug way back then decided to give him a pass. Mm-hmm. And Nipsey in one of his songs, I think it might be Bullets Ain't Got No Name. I think he gives a shout out to the youngster who spared him that day. Long before this meeting, right? Mm-hmm. So they have this meeting at Puerto Nueva on chance. I mean, it's just pure chance. They sit down and they're talking, and they start talking about that. What's this? This old blue eyes is... All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Keep going. Uh, All right. So... When they sit down, he tells Firebug, and Firebug had done 12 years up to that point, and they both had kind of changed out of those earlier days. Firebug had spent 12 years behind bars and had started thinking bigger and wanted to do something different. Nipsey Hussle had gotten out of prison, dodged a major- Prison or jail? Well, he got out of jail, but he was facing prison. Right, okay. And then- he got this. He, dude, he had to go to jail on some on some bullshit, right when he got signed by one of the big labels. Mm-hmm. And after he signed, he had to spend like thirty days in jail while they were investigating a uh, something, mm-hmm. right, a murder or whatever. Mm-hmm. We don't know that he may or may not have been involved in, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. So he had struggled for a long time to get to the point of being able to sign. With like a major label, I want to say it was Epic, mm. right? And they finally signed it. Go ahead, Sean. <laughs> I was just moving it close. So. Okay, they finally signed it, right? And then he gets gaffled, right? And now he's sitting there <clears throat> and he's spending that signing bonus on like bail and figuring out how to get out. He even had to do solitary for a minute. I mean, listen. I mean, going into the going into the county, and I know when he's talking about roughly, but. It's a little after my time. Still, going into the county when he was there and when all that was cracking off is in itself some shit. Then you're fighting whatever case you're fighting. Who knows what he was fighting? Right. And you're trying to manage uh, handling this whole getting signed thing. Like, that's that's a lot to navigate through. Right. And by the way, I, I believe... And come out of on top. Yeah, so he comes... Anyway, so all this t- a little bit of time has passed, mm-hmm. Right. So they meet, and then he, and at this time, Nipsey had bought some buildings, and he started doing this movement of buying back all the blocks for the African Americans in that community, right? And instead of letting it get gentrified, that was the whole idea. And they're building a rail line, the blue line, that takes people from LAX to right there, right mm-hmm. in that that neighborhood, okay. And there's all this big money circling. They got nothing to do with the hood that wants to buy up cheap ass fucking real estate, mm. right? And be able to then push all those folks out and put in those buildings because they know there's going to be a whole bunch of people, what they call critical mass. Mm-hmm. It's going to make economics make a lot of sense for 
non African American, non Latin, non broke, mm-hmm. struggling people, and just basically just turn that thing around. And so he was on a mission with David Gross to start buying up these properties. Now he was going to build an eighty unit apartment complex with that marathon store which is right there by crenshaw slauson mm-hmm. right with his marathon clothing store uh as the anchor tenant and that's what they were doing they were developing that in fact because and they and nip hired and marathon hired a lot of ex felons because they obviously couldn't get a job anywhere else and they were homies Right. So you might get a louder contingency in the parking lots. You might have some extra stuff going on, maybe. But you certainly had a lot of African-American and like homies and people like that just congregating together and having a good time. There was a lot of owners of certain businesses that are making money off the backs of those folks that aren't part of that community that started asking the LAPD and talking to city council about evicting evicting Nip and his people from that spot and trumping up charges to make disturbing the peace claims that could then enforce that that business has got to go because it's creating a public nuisance. The idea being that if you get too many young Latin, young African-American people in a parking lot, it's going to scare away customers and it's disturbing my right as a business, a lease owner, right? I might not own the property underneath, but I'm a lease owner. Disturb my right to quiet enjoyment of these premises. And mm-hmm. as a result, you got to get rid of the rotten meat that's attracting all the flies. Right. Who's that? Hey, these money people got ways. Yeah. They got ways. And they started those proceedings and then they were shocked to find out that David Gross and Nipsey Hussle actually owned the building that they were renting from. They tried to push him out. And then when they did the property reports, it came back. Sorry, you can't push him out. They own the building. In fact, they might push you out. This is before the murders. Think about it. Blue Line Metro Rail. Young African-American guy with ties to the neighborhoods starting to own the properties, not just be a tenant. Mm -hmm. And then talking to Firebug, a leader of the Bloods, that's between Nips and the beach in terms of buying up these blocks and owning it for African-Americans, Latins, whatever. Starting to talk about those plans of working together to buy up all that property and secure it so that rich fucks can't come in, buy it all up, push everyone out. Two days later, he's dead. Two days later, he's fucking shot in a kind of a freak, weird murder that doesn't quite. Some just some just doesn't feel right about the murder. I mean, the murder itself is not right in the sense that we lost somebody who had a vision for keeping that area close to its roots and protecting it. But it also doesn't feel right in sort of the details. What do you know about the <laughs> What are your thoughts on that, Steve? Well, well, what I will say is that you've, you know, you've done a lot of research on this. Man. Chumon, right? Mm-hmm. He's gone deep on this thing. I want to say, but I say, you know, what I think, and, and 
from what it's been shown to us and what I can kind of put together is there's definitely different um, narratives that I'm hearing. You know, I'm hearing completely different narratives, maybe like three constantly about this thing, you know. And one of them is that him and this dude that shot him. What's his name? Eric Holster. Holder. Right, Holder. Also known as uh, Shitty Cuz. That shitty was cuz. his crip. Shitty he was a cuz. rolling 60s crip. Okay. Shitty Cuz and his rap name was Fly Mac. Okay. Fly Mac, Shitty Cuz, Eric okay. Holder. <laughs> um. So, absolutely. He, so, that's the deal. And here's what's going on. is There's enough talk and enough dialogue about beef between those guys. And that he had kind of called this guy out or said he was a snitch or had called him a snitch in the past. They had words. They, and that he had somehow, the dude was in the store a few minutes earlier and he had thrown him out of the store or told him to get lost. He was a snitch or whatever. All I'm going to say is just that situation alone, if that's what happened, that's all it would take for what happened to happen. It wouldn't take any more any less than that. Right. There are, there are, there are people that you put that label on them and they feel and they're not or they feel like they're not or they're not going to let you run. Like there's some people that, that would do that. Absolutely. You, that's. You start calling somebody a rat and labeling him a rat. Right. That's the lowest know? of the low, right? Right. So in the hood, that's like a hood. Like that's one thing you don't do is shit like that. But we don't know if that's true. But right. I'm saying it's something that little. So now let's move to like a whole bunch of grand stuff, right? More grand, grander, right? Now that the only reason, brother, that if I were to believe it was some type of tension between uh, uh, supposed blood and a, and a crip, I'd have to say, Chumon, if that was the case or the basis, yeah, it would have happened a long time ago. Right. This guy's done a hundred things that would have set off. Right. Fucking somebody being like, fuck that motherfucker. Right. It, it would have, dude. Like, this guy was all over the place. So right. what... And there were there were large transactions going on within that time. Maybe not a building that he owned, right? But there was definitely some like commercial development stuff on some other levels, businesses. Like there was stuff going on with this guy, right? Um, so it could fall between a very very wide spectrum. I would say is that yeah, you know, I would. And so that kind of gets me a little bit confused. But listen, guys, the. I'm torn in many ways about this nip, and let me. I had had uh, I had three conversations with Nip Hustle in real life when we did our uh, collaboration with Young and Reckless. Yeah, I got to meet him, and we had discussed and we had discussed business and other and just other stuff. We just talked. We were in a room for forty five minutes together, chatting. What was his demeanor like? Uh, they depict it pretty cool the way he has his video shot because that's kind of how he carries himself. He's a he's a real low uh, key, yeah. but he carries like a really big energy. Right? Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. You know, um, and he's not easily. Uh, you can tell, man. He's not easily. He, he's he's poker faced out. You can't read. It's hard to read him. Right. He's very much one way. Right. You know, and that's what he's presenting. And yeah. uh, he's a he's you know, listen, man. He's 
he's like a hood superstar, and he, and you know what I'm saying? Like that's what his mannerisms are. You know, like right. He, 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 listen, I was impressed with him. Uh, he is extremely sharp mm-hmm. from our conversation, and, right? And one thing, one thing, man, was like he was really, really clear. And I said this before on being a guy that stays attached to his hood and does it the right way. Mm-hmm. But what risks come with that? Right. Like, and that it doesn't take anything. It could be your homeboy. Imagine that. Imagine that. You know how many times he said that, mm-hmm. people. It could be your closest homeboy. It could be. You know what I'm saying? How think about that? So he was really, really clear on that. You know, and. um I think I have to say that, like, I kind of, I always somehow look at that situation and I always think about maybe how it pertains to maybe some things in my life. Right. And I think, you know, man, dude, like, you want to do good for your community, you bring things to your community, you do all this, and it's like, but there's a piece that's exposed if you're going to be there. And there's a lot... You're definitely, and, and see, when you move out of the hood and you're gone or you have people around you, so you really can't, somebody can't get to you like that. Yeah. And you really kind of fucking remove yourself from that and you're no longer really part of that. Mm-hmm. There's like, a, should, should somebody have been able to walk up at that particular location and be able to fucking just walk up and just dump on this guy? That's a great question. The other thing is, think about what, how this happened. What other way to protect this guy, but you're going to watch him like the president? I don't know if that's realistic either. I mean, he had a security. J-Rock was his security guy. And that guy went with him sometimes. But like on the day that he was killed, Sunday, that's a family day. That's the day that he generally didn't roll with security. And, you know, he that's had- called That's called slipping. He got caught slipping that day. That's what that is. That's comfortable. And he routinely wore 180 grand worth of jewelry on his person. Yeah, I mean. And this guy, Fly Mac, shitty cuz, Eric Holder, he's got like a crappy, mediocre SoundCloud page where he put out like five rap songs, right? And Sean could probably find it right now if you want. Oh, can you? Yeah. And uh, and what's his rap name? Fly Mac. And look, Eric Holder SoundCloud page. I I've looked at it. You can pull it up. So you might in in his rolling sixties, you know, crip, and he's watching a guy in his generation do it in a completely different manner with a completely different level level of productivity. So you also have to factor in the envy piece, like maybe this guy. Is this him? Yeah. All right. So everybody, this is Shitty Cuz, Fly Mac, Fly Mac. Eric I'm Holder, the, Mac. Is the man suspected of killing Nipsey Hussle. This is him. What do you think of that? Baby, I'm the Mac. Not really original. Not very original. Check this out, dude. This is shitty Mac. This is that's right. That's the guy suspected of killing him. Let me hear it. Yeah. 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 
get out of those. Now right, play, right. play Bullets Ain't Got No Name real quick so we can hear the Pepsi Challenge aspect of this thing. I just want to hear the difference between that and okay. what Nip uh, is putting out. So, so think about it. There's an envy piece maybe to this thing. This is, listen. Thank you. Thank you, Chumahan. That's what makes this show fucking great. Chumahan's so on point. There, there, there is, and that's what we we didn't cover that piece. And that is that this dude is in the business, right? He's right. a rapper, dude. When you go to this p- level to, to to do a SoundCloud page and you right. have music to publish, right. Right? right? Right. You put work into this thing. Right. If your guy in your generation, if this guy be a Rolling Sixties crip, yeah, right, yeah, or part of these organizations, and they're part of the supposed same organization, and you're from the same community, right? Come on, man. Right. Because it, it only goes it only goes like this, bro. I'll just explain it for you guys again. Listen. Either that either either you're helping that guy in some sort of a way somehow, whether it looks real good and it's real, uh, but yeah. you're, you're 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 either you're giving that guy enough to be happy, or you're doing something enough for him to feel like you're helping him. Right. Or you have an enemy. Right. That close in the community. There's a problem. Not enemy, there's a problem. There's something. That's the only two ways that's going, man. Like so it's weird. You wait, do you gonna tell me if these guys are for the same age that they don't know each other? That they don't know who each other are? That they don't know they haven't already had a conversation, they haven't already talked like I'm just telling you, dude, like there's gonna be people out there from that that, that that your area that do the same thing as you, and you can choose to help them. And if not, if you're really not feeling them, then you can just be like, but you know when you do that, that now you have somebody who doesn't care for you. Yeah, like a hater. A hater. Right. And you can do that. You you, you know, you, you get what I'm saying? You can choose to like. It doesn't matter like this. Uh, fuck, I'm casting it. Like, you, you know, does that make sense? Yeah. And, and when you're talking about envy, dude, like some people on the envy shit, I mean, some people get really weird. Oh, for real. Okay. We heard about the stories where the extremes or people like the John Lennons, they wanted to almost be them. And if they can't be them, then right. They, right? So how about if you're not even that fucked up? Maybe like halfway <laughs> that fucked up. Yeah, right. And some other shit from s- some real... You know, lower income poverty struck in problems, right? right. You know, and maybe you're blended like that. You know, I'm telling you, bro, what if this guy was your only fucking ticket? What? And he ain't fucking taking you along. Right. And you got to get right? What well, if, what if, oh, go ahead. I, I heard he talked shit. I know, I heard that his old lady was taking pictures with him. You heard that story. Oh, right? I'm going to go there. <laughs> I'm going to go there. So if you start putting, like, you start fucking with the man's. Wait, 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 wait. If you start fucking with a man at that, I'm not saying Nip was fucking with this dude like that. No. But when you're that type of guy, you're seeing everything like that, right? That you're way. perceiving it. If you're That's fucked the, up. Yeah. Because I don't care who you are. Right. I don't care what anybody says. Let me right. say this. Let me be clear right now. I don't care what anybody in fucking says. That dude went up there and shot him in broad daylight on camera in front of everybody. Right. That's true. Bro, come on, man. Who does that? And yeah. who does that? You're, there's something broken if you're gonna react at that page. I mean, do that like he that. must have. I mean, he must have. Uh, or or, or he a, was somebody's fucking. 
you know, if there's a patsy. Right. I mean, if that's the thing we're talking about, yeah. which we go down that road. Black Lee Harvey Oswald. Right. But either way, you fuck. There's, I'm looking at you. Right. You know what but I'm saying? Do you right. think this is an issue of pride? Like he was his hold pride. On, hold on, okay, 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 okay. All right. And it very well could be. And I'm not disagreeing at all, right? And listen. Envy before, is, is a, dude, envy's bad, bro. And it it's creates evil, a delusion. Right. Like you it's start evil. thinking, because you might be, just like Steve, like you said, it's so true. You might not be crazy, but you might be slightly ignorant and then self-focused and then feeling super insecure. And then you think all these moves that Nipsey Hussle's doing, that Nipsey Hussle doesn't even know you exist. He might be selling Nipsey Hussle all this shit. And that's why Nipsey Hussle was like. I ain't fucking with you. Get the fuck out of here. Right. And you might be seeing like him opening that <laughs> store a marathon and say like, you know what? I told because <laughs> I told him to do that. Yeah, and now I don't. Where's my credit? Right, and, right? He, and he made it all he's up. He's doing it to me. Oh, he's wearing green right now, and he knows I hate green. Yeah. That motherfucker's sending me messages. Oh, right. I'm gonna send him right. one right back. Right, you know that right. kind of shit. Right, right, maybe. Maybe, maybe. Maybe. All right, so check it out. That's a little bit far fetched. No, but no, it could no. be about halfway. I'm there. telling you straight up, especially like you said, if it involves music like your ego, and it might involve your woman's, like your woman might be focused Ooh. on Nip, but Nip might not even know she exists. Nip. Right. And a dude could be that sick that he's jealous. You know, you didn't do anything. That's the other thing about envy. Is you have no pl- no say in it. It's right. all on them, right? Right. So the issue here then is like, okay, so so we're laying out, I think, a really good sketch of sort of all the possibilities here, right? On the one hand, you've got grander conspiracy with LAPD, LA City Council, Rick Caruso, these guys that put together the Grove, these kind of guys that right, put right, together right. these giant developments. And now David Gross and Nipsey Hussle are getting into the game. They, they made that Vector 90 together, which is kind of like the African Amer- the hip-hop we work, essentially. Mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. right. Okay. Center, right. right. And then now they've bought out this place on this iconic area right where the blue line's coming in. Yeah. At the same time, you got a flea-bitten homie that's just simmering, feeling like, you ain't inviting him along. And I and by the way, let's not make it too they weren't like close homies, but they were in the same set. And there there was a couple times where it was shitty cuz Eric Holder Flymac like tried to give his recordings to like Big Gooch, who was like one of right. the sound guys with Nip. All right? Okay. And so there was a little bit of bumping up, but it wasn't. It wasn't like Nip and him were rolling deep in the early days. Okay, no. But, but just this enough, conversation, they had already crossed paths, right? For sure, for sure. This guy had already tried right, something, right? Right. <coughs> and check it out. Uh, so Nip is killed, I believe, on the thirty-first. Okay, April first. Nipsey Hussle was scheduled to join a meeting set up by Rock Nation with Los Angeles Police Commissioner Steve Sabaroff, a billionaire real estate developer credited with building the Staples Center, and LAPD Chief Michael Moore. And they were going to try to figure out, Nip wasn't feeling it, but they were trying to figure out a way to like, you know, one of these like bridge the gap or like try to get, you know, LAPD and the hood to start kind of talking and working together kind of shit. All right. So that's right. that's the very next day. 
Two days before, he meets with Firebug to talk about getting the Bloods to help him and the Crips start buying up the community so they can keep it for their people. Got the blue line. Now, you also got this guy, Eric Holder, who's also kind of like in the mix coming up. This is all sort of swirling around sort of this event. Then you've also got like we're also laying out that to a certain extent, Nipsey Hussle understood the risks and was making himself super accessible. Right. I'm not going to. Yes, because I would imagine that there was understand this, Juman. Go ahead. That there's that there's. There's thousands of nips getting their music to. There's thousands of, of guys like this. Yeah. What's this guy's uh, Eric Holder? Yeah. Uh, getting their music to to nip. He's having to make these decisions all the time. That's, right. That's a big area. That organization is a large organization. Right. It's part of a much even larger organization. Right. And a lot of people find like almost feel like because you stood on that organization. Now that gives them the right, right. To, to say to you, mm-hmm. right, hey homeboy, check this out, right, put homeboy. me on, yeah, exactly. put me on, at least listen, like, right, more so me... than a regular person that you don't have like, any connection do something. to, right, you know, look out for me, you know, do right. something like what, you know, right, um, and you know, from dealing with, from not dealing with, I want to be very clear, from having a couple conversations with Nip. And the way he struck me, he's the type of guy that was like, he wasn't really going to front on you. Like, it didn't seem like he did that at all with anybody. Right. It's, 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 that's what I'm talking about, the energy. Like, I feel like me and him, I get with certain people and we share a certain energy. And it's like, but I can recognize it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right? When I walk into a room, I'm kind of dictating what's how that how it's going to go in that room, right? Mm-hmm. I, I know that, right? Mm-hmm. I, and I know that people are, are feeling. And when I get with somebody else that has that type of energy, man, it's and he's like, uh, it's effortless, and he's just very like he didn't seem like he's going to front to anybody, man. He didn't really. He's on his time. You know so, what I mean? So he's check it out. Time. So check it out. So, so, so I think but I'm saying that only because I'm saying I think that if he heard this dude Eric Holder's music and he thought it was garbage, yeah, I think he would have told him. I'm sure. Straight up, man. And he might not have. He, now, listen, at that point, like right where he's at. Like, so, I mean, I don't want to go through his entire biography to explain exactly what goes on. But let's lay out a couple things. Number one, ev- all sources say that. Nipsey Hussle um, was always a good student in school. He was a fucking A, double A student. Okay. Even though he was still down. Okay. Second of all, his people on his dad's side come from Eritrea, which is right next to, they fought a civil war with Ethiopia. And I went and checked it out because I'm like, so what the fuck does that mean? What's Eritrea, right? I mean, fucking, I don't even know how to say it. Mm -hmm. I went and looked. And basically, Ethiopia, where it sits now, used to own all the uh, all the land that Eritrea is now. But that happens to also be all the coast. So essentially, they fought a civil war, and Eritrea now has like ninety eight percent of the coast, right? Access to ports and all that other shit. And now Ethiopia is like landlocked and squeezed. All right, you got that. Uh, he did go to Eritrea with his dad and his brother, whose name is Black Sam. Okay, Black Sam. They went to Eritrea for three months, and that, while Nipsey Hussle was getting, and he got jumped in, they went into great detail as to how that went, 
Like, again, Marathon Don't Stop, I recommend getting the book because it's going gonna, it's gonna to give you a real good insight. But after he went with his dad to Eritrea and spent like three months there in a black country run by black people with black rules and all that other stuff, he got a completely different sense. That's what kind of started him, at least from a lot of people's perspective, on a transcendent idea. Like maybe we need to stop set tripping or fighting amongst each other. I would imagine a trip like that would. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So when he comes back, he starts wanting anything bigger. The next thing is, is Nip also, when he was young, because they were broke, didn't have access to a computer. He said, I'm going to build a computer when he was young. And he fucking did. And everyone in the community blew their mind. He, from all these old parts and everything, he built a computer that was running and worked. All right. He also uh, built a, when he got into some trouble with the law, and the, he did, I mean, the way it's represented is, and I'm not by his people, the way it's represented by the sources and a lot of other biographers is that he definitely put in whatever quote you want to think regular work is for guys that are part of those organizations, he definitely put in regular work. At some point, he gets to that place where he realizes, like, uh, there's how much bigger can I get in this? And I need to do something for the people and blah, blah, blah. So he and Black Sam, they relocate out of, they relocate out of their area over on Western or whatever, kind of towards Los Feliz, I think, Mm -hmm. right? And they build, and they build. Uh, like a makeshift studio there so they can get away from the influence and start working on music. And I guess everybody said that he always showed a tendency to be able to write raps really well. Mm. Okay? And so they start doing that. His brother Black Sam and them, they were also getting good at making bootleg bootleg DVDs and like bootleg albums and all this other shit. And they were doing, I guess, selling a lot of black market shit, blah, 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 blah. They got raided by the police. Four bootleg shit. Okay. All right? And their whole studio and everything got gaffled up. Mm. That almost broke Nip because mm. he's like, fuck, man. I, I did everything the right way. I got out of violence and drugs and all that other shit, right? And now my shit gets gaffled up and now I'm back at zero. And he left the hood, right? So now he had to come back, start all over, square one with the hood, re-put in his bid, re-put in his bid, uh, build up his credibility, his clever one. Come on, sit down. B- rebuild his bid, right? Mm-hmm. And and start over and start building a studio again. That studio was better. Mm-hmm. That studio got raided. That studio got taken again. Mm. So you got to understand, this young dude had built a couple of different studios on his own and tried to do his own thing, and both times the cops took it away. Mm. So that's what you're dealing with when you're looking at Nip in terms of his ability to stay focused. So now, going back to, and everybody, a lot of people, sort of the sources and a lot of different reports say that, you know, Nip hadn't actually reached his full potential musically yet. That he was on his way, Mm. right? Yet the Marathon was one album, then the Victory Lap and all that other kind of stuff. But he hadn't quite, he was on his way. Absolutely, and and listen. When you look at the project, when you, if you pay attention to music, and you really, like, if you paid, if you watched, like, um, you know, a Pac, or I mean, I'm telling you, if you watch some of these guys, man, the trajectory of how they put out albums and they came, yeah, Sean is a lot like Nipsey. These guys put out fucking three, four 
albums. Right. Five albums right. before they really started to hit right. their prime. Right. right. Look at right. Pac. Pac put out three, four, five, four or five albums before he ever put out right. All Eyes on Me. Right. Hmm? Maybe right. six. Yeah, five, and there six was a albums. couple, couple good, but couple good jams on there. No, yeah, once he hit his stride with Dre, I mean, it was like that's what I'm saying. Fuck. So think about all. Think of, and I could tell you that story over and over again. Right. You know? But from the perspective of people that don't but, have any awareness, it just looked like he shows up on the scene and all of a sudden. But yeah, but I look at it, yeah, but absolutely. But the trajectory of his yeah, music yeah. was getting bigger and bigger. Right. And it is album covers, his lyrics, the people he's fucking with yeah. was all like moving up, dude. And also, people should know that Nip and David Gross were working on and had developed a way to put. Um, to develop a pipeline to Stanford mm-hmm. and to these uh, tech companies, uh, African-American kids who had learned how to code and knew how to do shit so that they could diversify that industry. And listen, let's also be clear that Nip, look, there's maybe a lot of people in the hip-hop game. Think about that, right? Yeah. Think about how many people are in hip-hop. A lot. There's a handful that have come together in order to work together. Right. And that's people like Jay-Z and Meek, right? And yeah. Rick Ross and like... Yeah. Puffy, right? Yeah. And Nip was part of that inner yes. circle, right? Yeah. And they were talking about things on not only a, a regional, but a national and an international level, these guys, man. Right. From, from big business to currencies to like all sorts of shit, you know? Um, and he was part of it, that circle. So I could only imagine if you were to look at his calendar, you know, we're looking at like, oh, he had this date on the day before he was meeting. Let's just say we looked at the whole calendar. I bet you there was a thousand events in a month. Right. Right? Yes. You could take a piece out of any day and really tell any story, though. Right. That's exactly Think about right. about that. So, so that Sunday, right? Go back to that fateful Sunday. Yes. All right. So um, he gets shot at 325 p.m. Okay, on that Sunday. That's when the attack occurs. At 2.53, he's driving to the marathon store. Mm-hmm. He's driving there because a guy named Carrie, who was a homie, mm-hmm. had just gotten out. And I think he had done like he was down 20 years. Right. He just got out. He picked him up to take him with him, right? Well, he's going to meet him down there to give him some clothes. Oh, right. Yeah. I, I've home. heard his story. Right. He didn't have any clothes uh, for a, an event. Right. And so, um, he, so at 2.53, he uh, nip texts. A weird, uh, like kind of like a cryptic tweet saying, having strong enemies is a blessing. And so no, people aren't sure what he was talking about. If he's talking about Firebug, now they're working together to start thinking about how to buy the blocks back. So that was a strong enemy and that's a blessing or what? But it's cryptic and no one's quite sure what he meant by that. But that would have been 30 minutes before he shot. Having... Strong enemies is a blessing. Mm-hmm. You, to, to me, to me, that sounds one way. That sounds like somebody, somebody either dissed him, somebody said some shit, somebody. Some, right. And, and he just like, he's like, that's just fuel for the fire. Right. Right. Get right. That? That's what I that's do. saying. And his brother, Black Sam, who was with him, 
in the music game, but he he's not really he's not a rapper. He he admits that. Mm-hmm. But he was at his granny's crib, which was like I don't know five minutes away from that location, right? Mm-hmm. So Nip stopping by to give the dude some stuff at the shop. Now around this time, so in this in where the marathon's at by Crenshaw and Slauson, right? In that same strip is a joint called Master Burger. Right. Have you ever eaten that Master no, Burger? No, Master Burger, I believe, is across the street. I don't think it's across the street. I think it, because well, I looked the at the photos. Donut spot is. I think the Master Burger's right there, because I okay. think Nip actually All right. All right. Oh, building. it might be. It might, it might be absolutely right, bro. Yeah. The Master Burger's right okay. there. Okay. Okay. So he goes down there. Now, the guys working at the marathons, a dude named Rimpow. And Cowboy, or also known as Big Thundercat. Okay. I just love fucking the name, like, Thundercat. That's yeah, some yeah, Indian yeah, shit. Part of the Thundercat. Yeah, I'm Medicine Bear. That's Thundercat. Okay. So the thing is, though, that right there, right? So those dudes are working with him, and they're his homies, and they handle the store. And it's, Marathon's a smart store, too. Like, Oh, the, I've been there a bunch of times. Have you? Yeah. What's that's why I'm, I'm rem- now I'm, I'm remembering that there's a burger place right at the end of it. Right. Yep. Right. So right around this time uh, is when Eric Holder, and the reason why we know this is because there was a grand jury investigation into the murder, and the transcripts were unsealed. Excuse me for, let's back up a minute. Go ahead. When you say that, and everybody that's listening. Yeah. Yeah. You thought, say that again. That was a grand jury murder investigation. A grand jury investigation. What the fuck is, is the difference between a grand jury, because a murder investigation, and a murder investigation? What's the grand jury got to do with it? Isn't there a jury in it all? Well, okay, so the way that it works is in a normal investigation, what happens is the cops and the detectives do the legwork in the investigation, right? And then they pull together enough evidence. So there's these levels of suspicion. Okay, you can't stop. A cop's not supposed to stop anybody at all unless he's got reasonable suspicion that the person's armed and dangerous. And reasonable suspicion is the, is is not probable armed cause. or dangerous. It's the lowest level. And that's just what they call a Terry stop. And that's just all I can do is stop you and check for weapons. Because you're an American citizen and your freedoms are guaranteed. I'm not supposed to be able to stop you for shit. That's why if you're in a car, if you do have fucked up tags, that's all the cops need to pull you over and start kicking the tires and start fucking, you know, twiddling your nips and smacking you around and treating you like a punk. <laughs> Serious. If you don't got any of that, <laughs> I don't know. If you don't got, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the cop pulls you out of the car. Dipping your biscuits. <laughs> This guy's crazy. I don't know, dude. Listen. Uh, Nibbling your nib. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Buttering buttering your kernels. (laughs) Damn. Yeah. No, but look. Some serious. Well, listen. The point of the matter is, so Terry stopped. And all they can search for is a weapon. And they can pat you down. And they can roll your pockets with the. They can't stick their hands in your pockets. Uh, you told me. Right. They can like. <laughs> they can roll your pockets. They can kind of rub. <laughs> can roll them. Yeah, like a pinch scratch. Yeah, it's the outline. You know what I mean? Like yeah. a pinch scratch. Yeah, yeah, they can feel the outline. I pinched the heads. So. <laughs> <laughs> I felt armed and dangerous down there. <laughs> hey, it might feel good. We're booking for possession of swollen property. <laughs> so 
That's yeah. it. The next level is probable cause. Yeah. Now, probable cause exists, then you can get arrested. And if you get arrested for probable cause, then they have the investigation. And that investigation is supposed to come back with enough evidence that's going to push a jury past reasonable doubt. But if you don't have probable cause, that's what the arraignment is. So you have on the ground probable cause, which is like, look, we don't have time for a judge to get down here and look at everything and say, yeah, that's enough for an arrest and start charges. So we got to just let the detectives and the cops do their shit on the ground. But there is a procedure after that called an arraignment where everything's brought out. What they got on you is brought out and the judge and your your lawyer can say, you know what? Sorry, but ice cream cone isn't enough for a fucking this ain't probable cause. And you might actually get the case beat right there. The charge not even filed yet because the judge agrees like, yeah, that's not probable cause. Okay. Usually that's all handled by the cops and the detectives and the DA. If it's discarded at that moment, right? Yeah. If that's discarded at that moment, yeah. they can refile it, can't they? Uh, only if they get new evidence. They can't do it on the same evidence. But so they can't refile that. They can't They have refile. to start over. They got to get, something, get new. something new. Because probably Now that whole case and everything goes away? Yeah. Because all they got to do is say, no, you know what? There's no problem. That's not probable cause. Yeah. And then all that shit's in the trash? Yep. And can you pull pieces of that out and use it in another case? Uh, yeah, sure. There's no reason. Because what, what, what's going on in the law in that situation is they're looking at what the cop is looking at. And they're looking at what is there. And is, that, is there even enough smoke to think there was a fire? That's all that is. It's not the evidence is thrown out because it was an illegal search and seizure. It's not all those other things that we normally hear about. It's... Is there even enough here for this cop to be acting like this? Right. And it can get thrown out right there. And if there's not even enough for a reasonable police officer to think something's going on based on the way the law's looking at it, that means that no police, that's objective. No police officer. Nah, it's over. Unless they can get another incriminating thing. Gotcha. Usually that's all handled. Now, that stage, mm-hmm. if you impanel a grand jury, meaning you call people from the public, Whatever it is, 30, 60, I can't remember exactly the number. But if you impanel the grand jury, now the district attorney is bringing in witnesses. Now you're, it's not the cops doing an investigation. It's the, it's the district attorney putting the evidence in front of the jury, not the jury that's going to try your guilt. They're not going to be the same. They're the jury that's going to decide, yeah, let's file charges. Yes, let's press this case. Yes, there's a case here. That jury, based on what the district attorney does in front of them in a courtroom with all the stuff, can then come back and sign the indictments. And those charges are filed. That's what a grand jury is. It's going to a group of regular people throwing the evidence in front of them and saying, you think there's enough to indict a guy? Think it's enough to charge him on this, mm-hmm. and most, and it's usually, it's almost always secret, so nobody knows it's going on. And this is one of the ways you get away from political pressure. It was invented or it's created with the idea that every DA or like you know judges, whatever, they might be in the pocket of a real rich fucker, like a Donald Trump. It might be real hard to get guys in the administration to fucking file charges against the big wig. Right. Mm-hmm. So what do we do? Well, we go bring them ordinary citizens in who got no connection to that fat fuck. 
And we ask them, what do you think? You think there's a crime here? And if they go, charge that motherfucker, you're on and you can't stop it. Damn. That's what that is. Damn. That's cold. <laughs> it is cold. That's why you ought to do the right thing. Right. Just do things right. Right. So, so, so they do this, and I'm not exactly sure why they did a grand jury. I'm not, I'm not sure why they did, actually. I don't know why they're doing it that way, but they did do it that way, and so mm-hmm. they brought out these transcripts. Now, the transcripts are, this fucking DA brought in witnesses and witnesses and witnesses and showed tape security footage. The whole thing was caught on tape. Talking to the people. And guess what? The jury gets to ask questions, too. There the were a jury. lot of people in front at this. There were a lot of people when this incident happened. Dude, a lot of witnesses. Right. So that. So the, so what's interesting about that that comment is that from one perspective you'd say, well, there was a lot of people, so therefore, and maybe it was a crime of passion, envy. Guy was trying to make a statement. The flip side could be that also is a great cover up because we everyone can see who did it, but nobody really knows who's pulling the strings. I, I mean, it they killed me. Kennedy right in broad fucking Look, daylight abso- with fucking cameras rolling. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, right, right. Now, uh, uh, you know, they killed him. Who killed him is a different story. But right. they killed him. Right. I'm believing now that it was racist that killed Kennedy. I'll get into it in another show. Well, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. True. I actually believe that. I don't think it's the Russians or the mafia. I think it was fucking Southern racist. But okay, go ahead. I think that we still we. You, your mind, guys like us, you automatically, your mind goes to one thing. That one question comes up. What's the payoff for dude? Right? Then you might, if it's the guy, what's the payoff? Right. Right? Is that right. guy is going to go spend life in prison now, right? Right. The most hated dude in America. Who's going to? So are you going to convince somebody of that? Is there something you can offer up? Is he crazy enough to halfway believe something? Right. Or is there really something going on? Look at those three avenues I'm talking about right there. Right. W- which way do you go with that thing? Right. Maybe Smith fucking somebody did put a fucking a million dollars or a half a million dollars so in, into some accounts that only his family gets. And he's like, I want to go do this, but my family's going to be all right. You know? Or, I mean, I'm making up shit. No, but, but I mean, you're making sense. Or what if... I mean, and a lot of times, what if there's a big fucking problem that we just don't know about that only one person can solve for this guy? But in return, going to have to help us out and keep your mouth shut. Like a big problem that we wouldn't understand. For instance, right? Remember in The Godfather? When that funeral dude comes in mm-hmm. and he said that guy raped his daughter or whatever he did. Right. right? And he wanted... He went to the cops. He went to the that. Nobody will help. So now he comes to the Godfather and says, "Can I need justice?" Yes. We don't know, but those situations happen. And what if there was something in that dude's life? I'm not saying it's true, but a need that he had that was bigger than him that only one person could solve. Real easy, especially if it was a property issue. Imagine. Imagine if Eric Holder had relatives or a mom or a granny who was about to be booted. Well, no. Anyway, we'll never know that yet. 
But yeah, bro, that's uh, that's hard to. Well, I mean, think about what would a regular guy do? Let's say you're not going anywhere well in your life. Your mom can't work. Your music career let's look at. Off. Let's look at. Wait, let me say something too. Go ahead. Let's look at this guy, and I look at it. I don't know how much evidence is provided, but there's some evidence provided on what this guy did after the shooting. He didn't even look like he had a plan. Guy like took off on foot. All right. Dude, fucking, all right. All right. All, all crazy. Right, all right. Let's, so now, if you if you equate that to the actual crime, the incident, it would fit if the guy acted out of passion or what are they like ah. and he just pow he shot him he didn't even know what to do he just starts running like that fits like a guy that, that that's out of his fucking mind at that moment well listen to this it doesn't add up there's things that don't add up steve when you look at the goddamn facts it's a little weird so let's let's run through them now we, we've laid out the questions and and i'll i'll point to what i think doesn't hey, hey if this guy got walked got like as soon as he shot him he Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old school greats and new school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try hopped into like a black suburban with no plates on then you think like damn right okay well here's one piece all right eric ronald holder jr the man hustle knew a shitty cuz was a member of the rolling 60s as well as a wannabe rapper who recorded under the name fly mac rumors that he was once signed to all money in hustle's label were denied by hustle's estate a few of hustle's inner circle remember the guy can't remember the guy at all. A couple of people tell me I knew him and I seen him before, says Cuzzy Capone. He might have been in my presence, but he wasn't somebody that I knew. He definitely wasn't a factor in my eyes and in my life. Just a complete nothing-ass N-word. I don't know this N-word from shit, right? I never heard of him rap, says Gooch. But I know that there were some people on the block that he used to hang with in the neighborhood. It was like two or three dudes over there that was rapping. 
If he was that good, I would have known of him. Right. There you All go. Right? Okay. And then, of course, you can go to his SoundCloud page and see that he's not, like, prolific. He's got his little shit out there, but it ain't that deep. Right. Okay. So Cowboy is there with Hustle and Marathon when Carrie, the guy who just who got out of jail to get the clothes, is there with them. And they're all just kind of, like, congregating in the parking lot, which is not unknown for him, Nip, to do at that time, right? Um and around this time, okay, Eric Holder in Witness One. Witness One is a woman who drove the car that Eric Holder, the shooter, is in. Hmm. Alleged shooter. Okay. And she's called Witness One because her identity is being withheld to protect her safety during the grand jury Investigation. So nobody knows who Witnesses One is, although she was a woman that was fucking with Eric Holder, the alleged shooter. She's driving, I think, a white Chevy Cruze. Okay. He wants to get something to eat. And so he wants to go to Master Burger, Eric Holder, right around the same time that Nipsey hustles there. Right. And uh, she's driving him. I already don't believe that. Holder exited the vehicle, went into the Master Burger to order some chili cheese fries. When he walked toward mm. the Marathon clothing store where Hustle, Cowboy, or Rempa were standing together. It was hot, sunny. Holder, Eric Holder at this time, is shirtless. Okay, he's wearing no motherfucking shirt with a black bandana tied around his neck, flaunting his gang tattoos, H60D Crip at the top and 60s across his stomach. Now, Cowboy, who's right there, and according to his memory and what he said during the investigation, right? So we all know it. His memory is, is that Hustle was cool as Holder approached. Hey, man, what's up? He said, where you been, bro? Holder says, I've been out the way. This is Cowboy. He's right there saying he saw this, heard this. Man, you know they got some paperwork on you, Nipsey told him. I haven't read it, you know, like you, my bro. Maybe you need to take care of that. That's what Nip is reported to have said to Eric Holder at that time. Paperwork meaning, of course. Yeah. Wow. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. That means you ratted, you snitched, you you fucked up, and somebody knows about it because they've got it on paper. They've got the legal, the legal papers with whatever charges or whatever deal or whatever motherfucking testimony you gave. They have it. The court documents, the legal documentation of it. Somebody's seen that, and his name's on it. So, so this is Cowboy says he saw sees this exchange. Well, I'm getting. Listen, I'm getting to learn. A whole, all, all new shit. Yeah. See, I'm getting a whole yeah. peek at this shit right now that I really didn't have clear. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, um, continue. I gotta, right. I gotta, I gotta go to the bathroom. All right, all right. So they didn't, they didn't really talk about any names of cases or anything. Okay. So it wasn't like it was that. And then Holder says, "Oh yeah, motherfuckers be hating on me." 
We just got a look from Clever One. What was that look for? Just put some color on that. What does that mean? When, 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 when Nipsey Hussle says, we heard there's some paperwork. I haven't read it. I don't know, but you might want to take care of that. The guy who's accused of having the paperwork says, uh, oh, yeah, motherfuckers be hating on me. What does that signify to you? Just on a gut level, does that mean what? What does that mean? Just people don't like him. Right. And so Nip responds with, so you know what I'm talking about. And a holder says, no, just people be hating on me. So that to me sounds like a denial on holder's part. And it sounds to me like Nipsey Hussle definitely has an idea for sure that did you hear that here steve listen to this piece so that paperwork right nipsey says uh they got paperwork on you i haven't read it right you're my bro maybe you need to take care of that eric holder's response (laughs) is oh yeah motherfuckers be hating on me nipsey hustle says oh so you know what i'm talking about and then eric holder says no, just people be hating on me. What does that exchange say to you about the nature of, of what Nipsey knows and what Eric Holder's saying? Because to me, it sounds like actually Nippy ha- Nipsey has an actual thing in mind that he actually really knows about. And he's trying to give Homeboy a warning about like, hey, something ain't right. And the Holder's in full denial. Like, hey, I don't know anything. About, I don't know about that paperwork. I just know people don't like me. What does that say to you, man? It says, doesn't sound like Nipsey was accusing it. It just sounds like, hey. Yeah, listen, man. Listen, it says one thing. You know what it says. But what I'm saying is this. is are you, you, Nipsey's homeboy was standing there. Cowboy? Yeah. Okay. His homeboy. Legit, right? Yeah. Righteous. Legit. He's out there as his righteous homeboy. Right. He's making this statement. This, making the statement. This is a legitimate testimony. He testi- testified to that. Certainly. 100%. Certainly. Then that's what I believe if that's the case. If that if that dude's going to open his mouth yeah. and say that, then that was exchanged. And when that conversation is exchanged in the hood, like in the hood. Right. Damn motherfucking, like damn right. That's why he got, it's like. It's not right. I'm not saying it's right. It's fucked up, you know. And the dude is a little bit crazy because you gotta be a little bit crazy to do that. But there, I. It's certainly, man. This is like on some like, probably a mixture, bro, of a career that couldn't go right. He might have fucked up. Like there might be a number of things for some, for some reason. The dude that could help him is nowhere in his in his life, dude. Like you know, it's right. It's polar opposites. And maybe it's pieces of all that that make this dude just eventually kill him, dude. He hates him. He wants okay, to be hold him. On, hold he's on. a rat. Right. He's now, a, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, all of it. And he's just like, that's it. This is what he's going to do to get even with the world. It's Nip who tells Holder, I haven't seen you around. It's Holder who said, I've been out the way. It's Nip who says, I haven't read it, but I heard there's some paperwork. You might want to take care of that. It's Holder who says, yeah, people hate on me. It's Nip who says, oh, so you know what I'm talking about. It's Holder who says, no, people just hate on me. It's Holder who was in the white cruise driven by Witness 1, the female, driven down there 
right around that time, that hustle is going to be there on a day when he normally doesn't have his protection to give clothes to his homie. And I'm going to add another piece to this. Hmm. J-Rock, I think you will hear about it later. The guy that's supposed to protect him, he takes a lunch break right around this time. Think so I'm, he is working? Yeah. He is with him? He's down there at the store. I'll get to it. But he takes a lunch break right around this motherfucking time. Okay, hold on. Let's let's just keep it going, right? Okay. So uh Man, dude. this is a heavy thing, man. So according to Witness One's sworn testimony, which believe it or not, right? Mm-hmm. She's on the side of the DA now. She's she's on she's taking an immunity deal. She wow. can't be accused of anything as she long got, as she, that means she got something to say. You take an immunity when you're about to when, when somebody's about to get in trouble yeah. and they know it, yeah. that's when you get immunity. And you, I'm telling you, man, you get immunity for a couple reasons, man. Two, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, oh, it's yeah. the only way Listen, that works. Is. Go on. So she, she says, right, so she's got immunity, and she says, as she got into that plaza, right, she saw Nip standing outside. She says, she said, ooh, there goes Nipsey Hussle. He looked fine. I want to take a picture. Uh, so she and Holder had only been dating for a month and she claims that, uh, he didn't say anything when she said that in front of him and that he gave no indication that he even knew who Hustle was, according to her. Think about that, right? So she approaches her selfie with Nipsey Hustle. And she says she overheard a little bit of the conversation between Holder and Nipsey Hussle. And she says Nip, uh, Holder was asking Nipsey if Nipsey ever snitched. Holder was like, well, somebody said, but I didn't really hear the name. And Nipsey was like, chill. Like, Wait. no, no. Witness one testified that Holder asked him over and over, have you ever snitched? Have you ever snitched? She says, Nipsey wasn't really talking. But his no was just like, this dude needs to go. This is how I kind of took it, like trying to brush him off. You know how somebody keep asking you something and you probably don't want to keep answering the same question. Nipsey was just kind of like that. Then Nipsey turns to her and said he was ready to take the picture. She says, I felt honored. Think about that. There's a lot to unpack here. He didn't turn me away or nothing. He leans against a parked car, put his arm around her, and she raised her phone and snapped a selfie. Then witness one goes back to her car without speaking to Holder at all. The guy she drove there with, the guy she drove to that spot. And as soon as she gets in the Chevy Cruze, she posts to Facebook to show her friends. I thought it was going to be a boring day, but it turned out cool. Everybody was having fun. Think about what we... Wait, wait, wait. What was the post say? What did the post say? I thought it was going to be a boring day, Witness One says, but it turned out cool. Everybody was having fun. Think about that. Think about what we're learning. Cowboy, Hustle's home dude, says it was Nip that was asking Holder about paperwork. She 
wants to snap a selfie, she goes up and hears the conversation, even though Holder and her had no talk about hustle on the way to Marathon. When he gets out, when she says, I see Nip, he fine. I'm going to take a pic. Somehow these two that know each other, he doesn't say, man, what? Or, yeah, that's my homeboy. Or we go way back. or None, none of that. Or take me there because I'm going to go shoot him. And she goes up, takes the selfie, which is evidence that she was definitely there and can say what was being said. And she says it was the other way around. Holder was accusing Nip of snitching. And Nip was like, man, this dude needs to go. You got conflicting stories, conflicting witnesses. Mm -hmm. And only one of them drove the killer down there, the alleged killer. Think about that. This is starting to sound real weird, right? Steve? Yeah, it is. I don't put, I don't, I don't. <clears throat> I think that this, uh, I think that this, um, wit this witness is as crazy as Eric Holden. That's what I think. So when you read through the grand jury transcripts, sometimes she sounds like a starstruck groupie. That's what she's, yeah, but she's. See, I don't believe this woman. This woman sounds nuts, too. There was a point when in the investigation where she told the investigating detectives, witness one, that Eric Holder said he wanted to do a drive-by. Wait a minute. So now she's saying that he said that something? She said that prior, before the grand jury investigation. So at the fresh heat of the thing, she told detectives that Eric said he wanted to do a drive-by. And she told him, hey, you ain't going to do a drive-by in my car. She seemingly changes her story. And now she insists totally that, um, that, she ne that he never said that and she didn't know anything about it. And that she had no idea he even had a gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that sound like bullshit? It's all bullshit. Wait, she, she was a the driver. And he, he, yeah, he told her, you know, he hopped in, no shirt on. Right. Where's the gun at? Who, how do you get in a car oh, without a gun if you don't that? have a we're right? going to get to that homeboy. Okay. So what I'm saying is they both knew exactly. It had already been discussed. It's probably why she is one of the main reasons she's asking for fucking, fucking, uh, what is it? Immunity. Immunity. But why? Because but she's why? a fucking, she's a co-fucking participant in this dude's murder. But why didn't she just say that? If she tells the truth, she can't get. Because she wants to get some fuel from it and get, she wants to got some, she wants to, there's maybe some star, like. She also might be a little crazy. Listen to this. First of all, the big question is why does she have immunity? Also, the district attorney didn't press witness number one about a mysterious meeting by the side of the road with two men shortly before driving to the shop. Wait, wait, say that again, say that again, say The DA didn't press his star witness about a mysterious meeting by the side of the road with two men shortly before driving to the shopping plaza. Her so and, she, and 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 hold and, her. right. They stopped somewhere on the way. Yeah, that then she she yeah she's she's and if and, and listen to this. If they had, let's say they, the murder was planned. Let's mm -hmm. say it was planned, and she still jumped out of the car to snap a selfie with him before he was killed. That's some fucking uh, evil shit. Yeah, yeah, that's sick shit. Imagine. I believe that. Let's look at what this person was doing the day before that happened with Nip. What was she doing before he got shot? So look at this person. 
So what are they doing? If that's what they're doing, then who are they? And then think about this. And then that person is going to be in the intersection of this huge story. Like, she's crazy, and she wants to, like, juice it, and who knows, man. Like, this person is wrapped as tightly as Eric was. That's what I feel like. They're both crazy. Now, there is a third witness that's unaffiliated with anybody, a dude named Kid Flashy. Mm. This dude. I love these nicknames. Right. Not really. Sound like Super Punch Out. It's a good nickname. Right. Glass Joe. Kid Flashy goes in there, and he's got uh, he's an actor, and he's up for some part in some sort of G-Unit movie. I have no fucking idea. Yeah. Okay. So he goes down a marathon to just check it out and see Nip. Da, 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 da. He said he saw the discussion. He saw the discussion, uh, and he said that it looked like a heated conversation because when I walked up to try to get a picture, I heard mm. Nipsey tell him, you can't even be here right now. So I kind of backed up because I wasn't really, it wasn't really the time to ask for pictures. So Kid Flashy shows up right around the same time as these others. And the way the conversation was going, he backed up and, and realized it wasn't time for photos. So that gives you an indication that whatever went on between Holder and, and, and Nip, it might could be that Cowboy is downplaying it now. To protect something else, right? His story sounds like he's downplaying it. Right. And he's very one-sided it. Right. Yeah. And then, nah, bro. If somebody from the outside is coming up and they can read that kind of energy, yeah. that was the energy that got that dude killed. Think about what I'm saying right now. Yeah. If that was the energy there of two dudes into some shit, that's the type of energy that somebody gets killed behind. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you, man. That shit, for some reason or another... I when you piece when you right. piece together the con- the the security footage, mm-hmm. the conversation between Holder and Nipsey Hussle takes four minutes. It's a four minute conversation. Four minutes, fifteen seconds. How about when he's shooting him? How about when he's shooting him? We're gonna get there. Mm-hmm. At the end of the discussion, Cowboy says shit. He brought up his music. Eric Holder asked if we had heard his rap. He said, yeah, I've been in the studio. I've been trying to do a new song. He asked us where we heard it, and we're like, nah, we haven't heard your song or whatever. So like you said, hitting that envy piece too. Cowboys Cowboys, the one that's making it sound like an envy thing, and there wasn't that much heat. And, it, and like, you know, talking with you and Big Lep, I kind of also understand that just because after the fact, in, in a public setting, somebody might be downplaying it, doesn't mean that behind the scenes something else ain't going to happen. They're just not putting it out there. They're like, hey, whatever it was, it was no, there was no animosity, blah, 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 because something else is going to get done behind the scenes, and we don't put that private shit out there. Kid Flashy doesn't have that because he's not affiliated with anything, right. so he's just going to see what he saw. And then... You know, witness one is saying it's the other way around. So I, 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 I honestly, yeah, these other, these other people are right attached to it. Their testimony is kind of contaminated by their relationship with this person or the incident, right? Yeah. When this dude is strictly just like, don't. He's just reading energy. All of it's new. You know what I'm saying? He don't know, and that's what he's taking in, and. So, and so he can hear loud enough to hear what they're saying, and there's that tension. Like, I, I think it happened right there, man, behind <laughs> some stuff like that. So check it out. At 3.08, so Nip 
is shot at 325. So 308, we're talking about 17 minutes before the gunshots. Mm -hmm. Okay? That's when uh, the homie Carrie, mm -hmm. the guy that needs the clothes, mm -hmm. shows up in a black SUV. Okay? Um, Eric Holder walks away. The homie Carrie approaches Hustle with a warm greeting. Uh, ask Cowboy about lunch, and they start talking about El Pollo Loco. And I guess Carrie had been away for so long, he just wanted to hear about fucking fajitas with avocados and it, never seen anything like that. Mm -hmm. All right. <laughs> Food's important. It is. Okay. So now Nip is in front of Marathon Clothing Entrance. Fans are gathering. He's signing their merch. He's taking photographs. He's like a three-year-old and all this other stuff. He's just being a cool dude at that moment. Eric Holder comes out of Master Burger. So he tells mysterious witness number one he needs $2 to pay for his food. That's how bad it is for Holder. He needs $2 for food at Master Burger. And he got to ask the driver who drove him down there <laughs> for $2. She gives it to him and he buys chili cheese fries. Damn. Uh, and then he walks back to where Hustle's standing. And now in this grand jury room, which is like in a courtroom, right? The deputy district attorney, John McKinney, that's his name. That's investigating this thing. Um, he's got the video up and he says to Cowboy, Cowboy's on the stand. Grand jury's watching this. District attorney's standing there. It's like CSI, law and order right there. Mm. And he says, I want to call your attention now back to the top of the video at the Master Burger door. Mm. He asked Cowboy Douglas as he sat on the witness stand on May 6, 2019. So he says, it appears that Holder walks back over to your group again. Do you see that? He looks like he shakes Rimpow's hand and daps him up, meaning kind of giving him a pound. And then he immediately leaves with something in his hands back toward the white car. Chevy Cruz, Witness One's car. Is that what the video shows? Yes, Cowboy says. Do you recall that happening? No. Once Holder returned to the car, he tells Witness Number One he wanted to eat his food, chili cheese fries. Not right here, Witness One says. And according to her grand jury testimony, she says, well, we could just drive around. All right. And this and I went and looked at the map because this started to kind of like I'm like, what the fuck is this? So at 317, eight minutes before he shot Holder and witness one drive out of the parking lot. Uh, they which I think is on Slauson. They make a right on Crenshaw. Mm -hmm. OK. And then there's 58th Street, I think it is, which is right behind. They right. make a right there. And then there's this alleyway. Mm hmm. And they go down the alleyway, and he's there um, in an alley with Witness One, white Chevy Cruz, from the place that they just left to mm. eat his fucking chili cheese fries. Mm. All right? Think about this for a second. So whoever was in the parking lot saw them leave. They don't know that they just went around the block and are coming up the alley, and now they're parked in the alley. Right. And Marathon is maybe like a one minute walk from the other side. Oh no, it's no, it's like it's like 
like 30 seconds. Right. You know, it's a 30 second walk from the alley. Right. And so they, that's when witness one says she first sees Eric Holder's gun. Nine millimeter. As we're driving, she, he pulls out the gun. I saw him loading the bullets into the magazine, kind of holding it towards the window, but not. And I was just like, you're not going to do a drive-by in my car. Um, when she was asked, where did he get the gun from? She said that he pulled it out so fast, I don't know where he got it from. Yeah. So she's, it's, it, 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 what, what, don't, you guys, don't you guys as attorneys, once you find one lie, isn't that like the cancer of all the rest of the lies? All you need to find is one, right? Right. But see, what's weird about this is that the DA wants to convict Holder, so he's not going to chase down her weird shit. Right. Do you hear that? And that might just be all a defense attorney needs to fuck up a reasonable doubt deal. Right? Think about it. Yeah. You know, I'm standing there and I go, there's star witness. Right? She's the driver. She's the one that takes him there. She's the one that drives around. She's the one that says it was him. She says he's got a gun. He got in the car shirtless, but she doesn't know where the gun came from. It just showed up magically. Poof. He's got bullets. Poof. He's got a magazine. Poof. Right. Never seen right. anything like that. Right. 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 All of a sudden, he's got a gun. She doesn't know what it's for. What's he going to do? She doesn't even ask. What are you doing with that? She doesn't say anything. She says you're not going to do a drive-by in my car, so that shows that she's familiar with some kind of gang activity, but we don't know what because she can't remember all of a sudden. But she remembers that. Right? And you're going to tell me. I remember every conversation I'm having in situations like that. Right. They burn themselves into my mind. Right. Exactly. The presence of a deadly weapon doesn't seem to cause, to make any impression on you. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like licking a stamp. Right. It's like licking a stamp. Right. She also claims that she doesn't know that he was even a gang member. (laughs) But she's telling him not to do a drive-by in her car. Right. Even though she probably bopped his baloney and saw all those tattoos. She doesn't know nothing about it. Right. Okay. Right? <laughs> Got all wet all over him, didn't see his tattoos. Did she did, did she doesn't even say he seemed angry. He just seemed normal. And she said that Holder took the gun, put it away. Then he changes his puts on a red shirt. So he was shirtless this whole time. Now he's putting on a red shirt. And the DA didn't ask her why she had the idea of the drive-by would even cross her mind. But in her initial interview with the detectives from the 77th Division, she reportedly said Holder asked her to take him around the block so he could do a drive-by. Now she claims she was confused by the detective's questions. She doesn't remember that. She doesn't know anything about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's clear to me. Right. Why Why the reasons it could be a culmination of things, I think it has to do with, you know, maybe some paperwork and, and envy and uh, his girl. Like, I think there's a number of things. This guy I just think was nuts. 
She tells him. I think he's nuts. Eric Eric Holder says, wait, don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. She says, all right, hurry up. But she doesn't know where he's going. (laughs) She going to go take a selfie. Like, come on, man. Like, think think about that. Think about her testimony. It's all fucked up. Didn't you wonder she was asked what he was talking about? Where was he going? She says, nah, I just thought maybe he wanted he was gonna go get something or whatever. Maybe he forgot something or wanted to buy something. They went around the block, down the alley, and all of a sudden he forgot something. Why are they allowing her to have immunity with this garbage? Yeah. Yeah. So you think it's a bigger play than all this? <sighs> You think these are all the pieces of the smoke that we get caught up looking at? I don't know, man. It's a real interesting because this is what the case is going to be on. There's going to be a lot of drama around it. It's going to be a lot of analysis. Like, look at Kennedy, right? Well, look, Kennedy- you just get rid of the dude, right? You just got to get to the dude. Look at Epstein. Get a look at fucking Oswald. If you can get to the dude, then you can nip it all in the butt, right? Right. Right. That's the master plan at working. If she dies... If something happens to her, that's a I okay, right now as it stands, I'm like 50-50. I'm like, yeah, this guy probably was crazy. Yeah, he was on a, some kind of weird envy revenge thing. She was helping him. Maybe they had a plan. They were like, let's kill Nipsey Hussle and we're going to be fucking notorious or something bullshit. I don't know what, right? They're both crazy. Maybe. But if she winds up dead, before she can get cross-examined by a fucking real good defense attorney that starts pulling out all this weird shit, that's a wrap, Sonny. If, if Jack Ruby shows up, if Jack Ruby Jr. Yep, shows Jack up. Rose, <laughs> right? Or I'm surprised Jack Ruby didn't get a hold of fucking Holder. So she, he walks out, puts the fucking... Chili cheese fries on a truck on his way towards the marathon from the other angle. And now, you know, homie's sitting there face to face, two parked cars, talking to Nip, right? And Kid Flashy comes back and he says, Hey, I want to get a selfie. And Nip's like, All right, cool, man. And they start doing all that, you know, pound California love, hashtag California love, right? And Kid Flashy snaps this photo. He notices something, someone approaching. The kid came back around the corner. I passed right by him and I felt like something was going wrong. I, but I didn't really pinpoint it. Then I see him pull out and start hitting him. Homie and Nipsey are sitting there. Guy just comes around shooting, his homie said. And just before the shots rang out, the gunman spoke to Hustle. The homie who was right there said, I believe he said, you're through. And homie didn't see Gumman's face. He's like, all I saw was a gunfire. I looked up and saw him shoot, and it was a, I saw a flash. And when you see gunfire at 1 o'clock, you're too close to the gun. He said, Holder steps towards Hustle, arms fully extended. In his right hand was a silver revolver. In his left hand, a black semi-automatic both firing at close range. One of the first bullets struck Carey in the back just below his belt, chipping a piece of bone off his pelvis. When I turned to run, it knocked my legs out from under me, he said. It was hot, fire hot. 
He fell to the pavement face down. I was moving my feet to see if my legs still work. <laughs> Hustle went down just after that. Homie could see part of his body lying on the ground past the car tire and obstructed his vision. He heard the gunmen shooting. He heard women screaming. Now the DA asks, what was the gunshot like? Continuous or staccato? The homie that was there that got shot said it was like one, two, three. Then it stopped. And then it came back. One, two, three. Then it stopped. Then it came back again. And I was like, I'm sure this guy's going to finish me off because I can't move. But he didn't. Holder fired no less than 10 bullets in three bursts of gunfire. And the homie said that he claims that Hustle said three words to shitty cuz Eric Holder. You got me. And then Holder runs up to Hustle and kicks him in the head. Think about that. It's fucked up. That level of violence, does that tell you that Holder was envious? Or does that tell you that Holder thought he was carrying out an action that might have been something he needed to do because maybe he believed that Hustle, as according to some of the reports, may have? Or you can't call it. Uh, no, I think that. Think about man, like uh, I, no, dudes, dude, it's all. I think it's all on some other crazy MB crazy hate thing. Inside the marathon store, cowboys eating a fajita bowl. He hears the guns. Mm-hmm. I, he starts running to the front. He bursts through the front door just to see Holder running around the corner and Nipsey lying on the ground. Uh, another person was struck by a bullet who was standing there, but that bullet hit the belt buckle, ricocheted off, and didn't injure him. Witness once in the car. Guess what? Her engine's running. Can't hear the gunfire. No, but she's ready to go. Oh, okay. Think about that. Mm. He goes, says, wait here, I'm going to go get something. Goes over there. Gunshots go off. She's still in the alley with the engine running. To me, that sounds like a lady's ready for a getaway. I, 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 listen, listen, Juman. Go ahead. If it's at the level of somebody's taking care of this and it's that and that and that, mm-hmm. then I think that those type of people in this day and age are have the ability and the capabilities to get that handled. Way different than that. Mm-hmm. Way different than that. Mm. If it's very street level one on one shit, then it, it, it kind of gets handled and carried out how you're saying. It's not thought through. It's there's all sorts of weird shit. Uh, Festive with lies. There was arguments. Everything there's that leads to things to that. Involved. Right. Yeah. But if there's if it's a if it's like. Some people about territory, money. Um, I think that those people are like, you know what? This has to happen, and it needs to be. There needs to be nobody attached to it. You I also got to. This, also- this dude just needs to go away. It's not personal. It's not fuck you. It's not. It's just like make this dude go away, and it needs. To, and 
I believe that it would happen and it wouldn't happen at Marathon Store in the middle of everybody in broad daylight with the guys eating fucking cheese fries. Oh, well, some fucking chick well, that can't is ready to open her mouth. Well, okay. Uh, 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 but, uh, uh, and listen, I'm not necessarily saying no to that, but I want to add some other pieces that we please. need to think about. Number please. one, Hustle had a song with, I think it was Yeezy or somebody, mm-hmm. Fuck Donald Trump. Don't forget that. <laughs> right. No, 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 no. Of course he did. Oh, hold on. <laughs> Fuck that, Donald Trump. Did they got hit up by the Secret Service? What do you mean? I mean, they got told your shit ain't gonna get played unless you check out X Y Z line. Wow. And they had to make a decision of like, oh, we're gonna leave that in. We're gonna take it out. That shit. That Fuck Donald Trump song got more heat <laughs> from. That's fantastic. From upstairs, motherfuckers, than people realize. And that was right before he becomes president. Don't forget, we also had a lot of L.A. riots over police brutality. And during those riots, don't forget, do you remember the Umbrella Man? That weird white dude that was wrapped in black that was going around breaking property so that the protesters would catch the flack? Right, right, right. And I'm also saying, like, I'm just saying. I'm not saying. You're right. I mean, the whole thing doesn't sound organized. But, you know... What's this? Fuck Donald Trump. Okay. Right. Love it. Fuck Donald Trump. Love Still it. fuck him. Yeah. Right? Always fuck him. Man. Always fuck Donald Trump. You know what Trump. we should do is we should send them down to the South. To those motherfuckers that voted for him, send them down to the South and let him be with the Hill people and let them chase him around in his skivvies, calling him a little pig and making him squeal. I bet if he got... But rammed by the people that he vote for him, he might have a different tune to sing. Yeah, French kiss some of them dudes down yeah. there. He got a real pretty mouth. Don't yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the point being though is you're right. I'm not. I'm not necessarily saying it ain't a one off, but you know what? This is a real hope breaker. Like this murder. Wait a minute. Back up a second. Go ahead. Before you go there, you start with that. Real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want. I want to say that. It, I'm, I'm, it is a heartbreaker and all this. There's enough. I just want to say this, dude. Take a look at the whole thing. And there is, yes, conspiracy we're talking about and a personal vendetta here. And, but when you start laying it all out, there's so much more of like to supply the and the to to supply the envy. There's the music. There's the girl. There's the paperwork. There's the people talking about that. There's people from outside. The energy level of them. If you have a, a heated argument with somebody, and then that same person shoots you, those things are connected. Oh, but if you if 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 it was a simple thing of. It was a heated argument, and he had a strap on him, and then da-da-da-da-da. But I do think that it almost looks like they went down there to shoot him. They did go down from, there From the him. very beginning. Uh, no, they did. Right. And, and I'm going to say- And maybe I, the I, way I, he played it was he wanted to, like, maybe that chick wanted to get a, take a picture. Maybe that's the whole reason he didn't shoot him right away. <laughs> and then he had some things to say about it. Or, 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 and this is what I'm going to throw in the mix. When I read about some of these fucking CIA things, these like assassinations that go on and it's never so easy as like, oh, well, we just got to get close to him and slip him a fucking poison and he just died. A lot of times they recruit people, right? 
And sometimes they can recruit someone at a higher level that pushes a button on somebody. And that's and they know somebody that's already mad at them, right? So let's say I'm not saying sure. I'm not saying it's true or not, right. but let's say Eric yes. Eric Holder's got a big homie. And that big homie has a big homie and they're operating at a level that nobody's going to understand. And a button gets pushed. And it doesn't take much to get this guy, Holder, to get a green. Maybe Holder asked for a green light and was denied it. And maybe it, somebody said, yeah, you know what? It's okay now. Go ahead. Do what you want to do. Maybe maybe a guy like Hustle has a lot of protection and nobody can step to him who's within a certain bounds. Maybe nobody can step to him unless management approves it because he's so high profile. And maybe all it takes is one manager to give the nod to somebody who's already ready to do it, to then go ahead and do it. And so it's not a conspiracy like white dudes in a boardroom, you know, hired an assassin to go do it, Mm -hmm. but more like somebody in a boardroom had a friend who had a friend who said, you know, it wouldn't be too bad if this happened. Because one of the things to think about is, is, you know, Nipsey Hussle is trying to figure out how to get not only this property and all this other stuff, but he's also trying to become an owner, a black owner. And he's trying to get black people, people from the hood, into this tech situation. And he's starting to, de- starting to transcend what used to be like affiliation lines that, that, that kept people separate. And everyone's starting to listen, and it's a different, you know, and maybe any black leader, or any leader of color that gets to a level of transcendence starts to get a target put on them somehow. And maybe, just maybe, at that level, the idea that he would be killed by one of his own down in the hood, in the ghetto, where we expect, quote-unquote, black people to just kill each other and it will break the spirit again. Remind everybody, like, shit ain't gonna change. It don't matter what leader you got. In the old days, it was Malcolm X. Now it's Nipsey Hussle. Guess what? He's gone. Or, to your point, maybe that was just a dude that was envious and it just worked out that way. But it really does just boil down to a one-off. <clears throat> well, I'm just saying. You're, I'm, you're, 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 what, you're, what you're absolutely 1,000% right about, Juman, is the ending result. And that the ending result is that these people that were bringing so much to the table, right? Yeah. Somehow were killed, right? right. And you're looking at Bobby Kennedy and, and John F. Kennedy and Martin Luther King and Malcolm X, and, right? Right. These types of people, and somehow, some way, they're all winding up dead. Right, right. right. That were really about making change. So, and you and know, some too- are bigger pictures. Yes, we know. Right. Some are, and I don't know what you call it, but where you end up, it's like the environment that you came out of ends up beating you up. Right. You die from ultimately what that environment does. All right. Well, let me put. Does that make sense? That totally makes sense. So let me put it in another. Let me let me lay it in another way. Let me just say this in another way. From, we're so used to the concept that the environment's going to kill you. An environment that was artificially created by the way the system's set up, by the way. Yes. Okay. Agreed. But we're already ready to point at that. 
because that does happen. People do get killed in that environment. That does happen. That's not a, it's not well, an unheard of That's why of people story. move out of that environment. Right. right. Okay. So I agree on all those points. And I guess now, just not even because I have evidence, but just now from a suspicion level, I start to want to lean a little bit more on, there's more to it than what, than, than whatever, because it's just, it falls, anytime anything in the public falls right into what you already think, like it supports the structure of thought that's already there. That's when I become a little more suspicious. Cause I'm like, Oh, that's that already kind of dangerous starts to you yeah it's like oh of course i mean that wouldn't surprise anybody of course he was killed by another gang sets off a red light for you that when that happens in public at the public discourse level yes i'm immediately skeptical because now i'm looking at something that's like you know like when when they say oh well we found a research that says women are more emotional in their talking i automatically am like wait a minute uh, I, we already think that so now there's research that backs that up right kind of shit is that right so anyway um i just wanted to get your take on some of this because obviously you're a, a legend of los angeles and you have a lot of experience in los angeles and uh, i wanted you to hear what some of these details that we at least are reported whether or not we actually know them know them or not i don't know um but just to get back to the mix right she's in the car it's running she hears the gunshots go off and then holder jumps in the car and the district attorney goes did it cross your mind that the gunshots you heard were fired by holder the guy that was just loading bullets? Two guns. Right, right, right. And she says no. <laughs> uh, Come on, dude. She, he goes, she goes, what's going on when he jumps in the car? She, he says, drive. Drive before I slap you. And he'd never spoken to her like that before. Oh, she, she was scared for her life. Uh, what's going on, she asked. You talk too much, was his reply. So I just kept driving. I didn't want him to hit me or nothing like that. Um... But the LA, the security camera footage downloaded by the LAPD investigator showed that Holder was carrying one, ga- one gun in each hand. She only saw a black gun, according to her testimony, but the video shows two. And the driver says she saw nothing until after he got in the car. And she talks about the revolver. Um, she said that even at that time she didn't understand exactly what had happened. And, you know, district attorney's like, "What did you think happened in the plaza then?" And she's like, "I don't know. I just thought there was shooting going on. I didn't know that he was the shooter. I didn't know if he was getting shot at. I just know something happened." Um, the really sad part of this story is that his brother, Black Sam, was at the granny's house. Gets the call from whomever that. His brother had been shot. Now, when you get a call like your brother's been shot, you're not quite sure at w- what level, how much, whatever. So he takes off. He gets down there before 911 does. And he said that his brother was still breathing and his eyes were rolling back him in the head and everybody was trying to tell Nip to like stay awake and he would wake up and he was trying to say who did it, but he couldn't talk. And it looked like there was bullets in his body and his brother was holding him and doing the CPR until the paramedics got there. But when they lifted him up from the paramedics, they saw the wound in the back of his head. And he was like wearing all that gauze and it was just soaked in blood. And some people thought he was going to make it, but everybody else that had some experience was like, nah, he is gone. It's over. Yeah. 
And, you know, I think, I think if after reading all this stuff and looking through all this stuff and thinking about it, the one thing that I, I really take away is that this is just another, for me, it's another wave or a building wave on something much bigger that's got to change. Mm. You know, I kind of see, to me, I'm seeing this in a struggle for equality for for Americans, like for Americans in this country, specifically in this area that we're talking about, mm-hmm. but for all of us. And I see what Nipsey Hussle represented was something bigger than just, you know, music and da 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 da, da. But I, I saw that he was trying to, I don't know that he was able to achieve it, but he was on his way to sending a message of the common people deserve better. The common people deserve to own this country. The common people deserve to take it back. I, absolutely. And, and sometimes I'm like, I, I don't know how to frame it, but what I will say is this. How many, how many people know about this plight about what you're talking about black owned business and this whole higher thinking right mm-hmm. how many people more how many more people now know since Nipsey was killed I I gotta say my experience is that I was never a fan of his like a legit fan from the beginning so I didn't really know I just knew the billboards that I saw and I knew that he had some of the same trappings. I didn't understand that Marathon was a smart store. I didn't know who David Gross was. So I learned a lot more. But I could also see very easily that if I didn't have a show, and I didn't have you, I didn't have old blue eyes to mm-hmm. interact with and discuss these things, I might have just kind of chalked it up like, man, sad, and then moved on and not really understood what was truly lost and what is still out there for us to get. I, yes. I, I, and I hear you and I hear you. I, the act, the act of it happening and, and, and I don't, I'm not talking about it happening and this is not the down player or this isn't the victim or the, the presser. Like this has nothing to do with it. I'm saying step back from the whole thing. And that is, in the big picture, <clears throat> his passing, although it was horrendous the way it happened, sad, his passing got that message out, bro. You know how many people have been introduced to Nipsey Hussle? You know how many people have been introduced to his plight, what he was about, what he was doing business-wise? Every second a new kid is reading about this dude. Think about that. Like, and so, and and it's that's fuck sounds fucked up. But I always go back to like Mothers Against Drunk Driving. Right. It was some lady who lost her daughter, I think it was, to a drunk driver. It was horrific, you know? It's a beauty queen, beauty queen girl. And it was already like the 100,000 that have died, right? Yeah. To drunk driving. Yeah. And it was horrific. And these the laws got put into place about, you know? And I, and I hate to say that, but upon 
stepping back and looking at it at a bigger picture. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it was part of the whole plan of the universe. I don't know. But what I will say is that no matter what it is that happens, everything happens for the better. For one reason, I don't, you can't stop it. Everything for some reason happens. And I don't think we understand it when it's happening. I don't think a lot we ever understand. But when I peel back from a lot of things, there are a lot of times gains with the sadness. There's also another side to it. The further back I look. And it's like the universe perpetually moves things forward. I want to give another shout out to Rob Kenner, the author of The Marathon Don't Stop, The Life and Times of Nipsey Hussle. A lot of good information. If you really want to know about Nip's backstory and how he turned the corner, what what changed his minds and all that other kind of stuff. Yeah, the murder is important, but so is his struggle and his life and what he went through. I also want to say uh, um, Ovando Bowen LLP. Man, if you don't know what's going on in a grand jury, hit me up. I'll fucking straighten you right out, pal. Um, I also want to give a shout out to Tigra. And I also want to say we need to create a publicly held corporation that owns property and distributes it evenly to everyone who owns a share in the property. Now, listen, now that's a, but I'm exactly, you're right. Shumon. You're right. And this is what I want to say, man, is look it. Nipsey Hustle. You're talking about something. It's affected you, bro. Like yeah. Nipsey's job, really, I believe. Yeah. It's like he really did do his job. He wanted to fucking empower people and educate people and move his people. And that's absolutely what he's done. Right. I mean, and I'm and listen, bro, this ain't personal. Look at Nipsey Hussle's music. Right. Right. He did. He got to way more people once he passed. I know that's fucked up. Right. His message about getting people aboard to start investigating about things. Right. Like this. That's what he was trying to do, right? He died. That's what he did. He was very, and I hate to say martyr or whatever you want to call it, but it was, dude. Like, right now, he's right. looking down. He's if you catalyst. believe that. If you believe that. He's looking right down right now and like... He did exactly what he was supposed to do right here. Right. He motivated a shitload of fucking people all right. over the place to start investigating and wanting some more and taking ownership of some shit. So this show, man, and everything we've talked about it, the ups and downs, is truly a tribute to this artist, this creative and broad thinker. Much more than Much more than just an artist. Right. You know, my exchanges, I have nothing but great things to say about that guy, man. It was just a... Uh, but uh yeah man tribute to this guy right tribute tribute right. man a hard luck exclusive man but uh, go on man that was i just it. need to no, say no, that no, man that's it. Nipsey hustle rest in peace man you know and hey. he's still here in 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 all a lot of in all of los angeles you know yep you know so. yeah shout outs yeah shout outs uh let's see info at movemental media uh hit me up all your audio and podcasting needs. Listen, you think you got what it takes to fucking share your voice? You want to spread the word like Nipsey Hussle did? Call up my man old Blue Eyes. Listen, website, website coming soon. And oh, if you shit. get at me this year, I'm, I'm picking somebody. 
somebody I'm going to do for free. Somebody yeah. Do their whole podcast. You better free. bring your kernels because he's going to butter him, dude. I'm talking about thousands of dollars. He's going to be doing say. some So I'm going to pick someone. Nip tickling. And you're going to get Listen. A, free, a free project. That's but go ahead. Go, so you're running like a contest. Yeah, like a contest. Yeah. This is great. Are they man. supposed to send nudes or what are they no, doing? No, hit me up uh, and we'll talk about what, what your podcast will be about. <laughs> and then and, and I'm going to pick someone among the flock and they'll get a, a completely free package. You guys Damn. hear that? And that's, uh, that's a big deal. So what we're going to do is, uh, just in case you, you forgot about that, we will. There will be a flyer going up. There's yes. There'll be a contest. Yeah. There'll be dates, how yes. you enter and how you website. submit everything. Yes. There'll be a website. So just stay tuned to watch out for that. Hey, you know what we're going to do? The contest is going to be this. Mm. Send in like one minute or like two minutes of what you think your show should sound like. Of you banging out your girlfriend. Whatever. If that's <laughs> right? what it that's is. What if that's what it Whoever is. Whoever has the best right. form. Podcast. <laughs> deep dicking. Deep dicking right, the right, podcast. Right, right, right. right. If you start doing that. if wow. you uh, The send... better the sexual performance, the better the chance of you having your own podcast. Right. The harder... The smarter, show. right? Yeah, right, right, right. Jesus now, Christ! Listen. You want your own hard luck show? Yeah, show us. Uh, hard stuck. Right. Now listen. Here's the deal. <laughs> here's the deal. Send it in to us, and we'll rate it. We'll talk it over. Bring, send in your what you think your podcast is. Get in, do right. like your opening, yeah. or talk about the concepts you want to talk about. You send it in yeah. audio. Sean and I and Steve will listen to it, and we'll fucking. We'll dissect it and give you a master's course right here. Simply going to give you a master's course. Because in like a year from now, yeah, you're not... You're gonna be. You can't man, get to us. You're not gonna be able to reach us at that point. Right. right. So right, right now we're handing out an olive branch. Right. right. Trying to help some people. Right. And if you win, you get the free mock-up, the whole thing done by old Blue Eyes himself. Yeah, but, yep. but you gotta send your shit down the hall of horrors. We you get to judge it. We get to judge it on the air. On the air. Right. If you're too okay. scared to put your shit out there for us to look at, pull apart. Maybe we like it. Maybe we don't. Indians gonna talk shit. Whatever. If you can't handle that, you probably can't handle a podcast. Right. You gotta pay to play. That's it, right. baby. Yep. That's okay. it. Sounds All right. good. All right. What you got? I got shout outs to. Oh. I got a shout out right now. Yeah. To Sean. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. For, for just making it happen, dude. Our audio is always on point, dude. Right on. Right pro, on. Thank you, pro, pro. So I want to thank you. Really, right as a thank partner. You. And Chumahan. Deep investigations. I mean, like you always do, and then you sprinkle on some history facts. It's like, brother, me and Sean are both very, very lucky to have you. That's bro. right. I mean, you're the best podcast co-host in the world. Well, bro. thank you very much. I appreciate that. But of course, none of it's possible without the greatest of all time, Steve Lucky Luciano. Oh, stop! Lucky Luciano. Come on, stop man. Stop it oh. now. You got charisma that flows right out of heaven's rivers. Right into your soul, my friend. Thank you. Shout outs to Cookies and www.supermaxhardware.com. Come visit us at 4th of July Drops and check out Vibes, Cookies. Always listen to the Hard Luck Show and keep your eyes open for H2K. That's right. That's right. And like we do about this time. 